0: And Welcome to Into the Aether. It is a low-key video game podcast and my name is Brendan Bigley,
1: period. Oh, I thought you had more. I'm Stephen Hilger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're just gonna do my part for me and I could just take a sip of this lovely pumpkin ale. Oh yeah, you guessed it. It's the end of September. It is the last episode before spooky season begins. Mm. I'm celebrating by going to the beach. There's something misaligned in the universe, (laughs) but eventually it will all settle on pumpkin-esque stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited. Man, I'm so stoked to finally play Resident Evil Village. I've been like really waiting with bated breath to do that ever since it came out. Yeah, we we rarely like. I feel like at the end of the year, for Goatee purposes, we'll, like, kind of review what came out. Again, like, even if we are studying everything coming out, like, we're going to miss something. So I always had that, like, four weeks of panic where I'm like, okay, like, what thing that I could love exists but I haven't met yet? Yeah, yeah. And uh, my favorite Blink-182 song. And uh, also... But this is the first time we're like, we know a game was out. Like, we are pretty confident we're going to like it, but we've just been like savoring it. Like, it's been like in a barrel, like a a good whiskey, just (laughs) waiting for the right year. Yeah, yeah. It's like nine,
0: nine month aged Resident Evil.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What year? This is nine month old whiskey? Oh, it's not ready yet. (laughs) This is, uh, ba- this uh, is barely whiffs.
0: Is- not even, We haven't even gotten the key in here yet.
1: <laughs> Smoky earth. Uh, uh.
0: <laughs> I just. I'm so sure that that's going to be one of my favorite games of the year. Like I'm so sure yeah. of it. Because going in. And maybe I should save this for that episode, but I'll say it here anyway. Like going in, it was very clear that they were using Resident Evil four specifically as a big inspiration for that game. And the big question on everybody's mind is like, okay, that's a that's a high bar. You got to clear, though. (laughs) Like, you can't just say that. Yeah, you got to you got to deliver. And it sounds like they did. Like, I mean, everything I've heard sounds like they did. So the fact that like they made good on that promise may be the most exhilarating thing I've ever heard about that game. Uh, And I I can't I can't wait to get my. Yeah.
1: It, it seems like it's a little bit a little bit like goofier and more actiony than biohazard was which yeah. like biohazard became goofier and more actiony kind of by mistake as it progressed <laughs> like i feel like <laughs> the beginning was like pure horror yeah and like i like i liked this sort of sam raimi like dad in the car you know like chasing you like that stuff was really great but like yeah. as you got more weapons and stuff it, just, it the, the tension was kind of lost so i feel like going in from the start knowing that it's going to be like a better balance of the two. I'm very excited to see if that pays off the way people have said it does. Yes, I am. Hey,
0: listen, I don't know how to do a segue here, so I'm just going to start talking about stuff that I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of stuff mostly continuations of other things I brought up before, but I just kind of wanted to like shout out some things because I think my my views of some of these games have changed a little bit. The one that hasn't changed at all is Tales of Arise, which I'm still playing. So that game, without spoiling anything, is kind of set up or framed in such a way where you're visiting five different realms and you have to take out a big evil boss at the end of those five realms when we last recorded I think I was in the fourth realm maybe towards the beginning of the fifth at this point I am now past the fifth realm where I thought the game was going to end and it sure has not ended uh which honestly i find really exciting i just i just want to throw that out there because i've seen some stuff about how this game is much 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 shorter than most of the other tales games i still feel like i'm getting like way more than i thought i was going to out of it and i think that that's really great because when you frame a game saying like there's five worlds and clearing that fifth world is like maybe the end of act two beautiful beautiful (laughs) I i did want more you're giving me more i didn't even have to ask for it i'm happy
1: What's funny though is like by shorter, it's like fifty hours instead of a hundred and thirty, yes. you know, or whatever yeah.
0: like I heard one of them. I think it's symphonia is like a hundred eighty hours long, which is that's. A
1: lot of video game. I've been thinking a lot because I think you and I have been pretty vocal about like wanting games that are like a more concise length, you know, like especially doing this podcast. Like it's (laughs) it's always nice to hear like this game is ten hours. Yeah, for our specific purposes, it's nice when they're shorter. Yeah, (laughs) but that being said, I've thought about like okay, we say that, but then like I beat the post game for Dragon Quest eleven. Like I, (laughs) I there are so many games that I love that are essentially endless, and I'm like, why does that work? Why does that not feel as grading as some shorter games that feel like they overstay their welcome? I think it really depends on what the game is going for. I think the reason a game like Dragon Quest XI works so well with its length is that it's like something you periodically visit. You know, it has that sort of like season division, like a show, and you just get lost in it. It's like a world you want to sort of like be in, and it's paced in a way that it feels like you're kind of on like a Disney World ride, like in like a little slow yeah. moving like a uh, flamingo on water. I don't know what Disney world does. No, that's um, exactly it. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Petey, the flamingo, he's on water. You see, <laughs> we're the best place on earth. <laughs> that's what they say. The best one. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> the real Disney world. We're the real place. That's right. Willie Disney founded this place right here in Boise. Um, okay. Uh, before, uh, <laughs> We didn't clarify it's a nighttime recording and this is the energy you get. Oh, Whenever yeah. It's like yeah, we should have mentioned yeah. the energy you get. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say, like, I think I think the reason you're feeling like you maybe like are are happy there's more with uh, Tales of Arise. It's similar to Dragon Quest XI in that way, where like it has that kind of seasonal pacing and yeah. it's a world you can get lost in. So like that game could have been 100 hours and I think we would not really complain about it. Which yeah. is, you know, wanting more is, I think, always a great thing to feel with a video game. Anyway, yeah, totally. That was a, a point I wanted to make a bit. I wanted to start. I think I wrapped them up both eloquently. Thank totally. you for your, for your time. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Um, th- This is
0: a game <laughs> that like were, were it to stop at the end of Realm Five. I would have been like, cool. They left me wanting more. And that's great. The fact that there's more even better. The fact that I know there's not that much more is perfect. Chef kiss, you know, like. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of like a dessert tapas kind of situation. Uh, Very happy about it. So anyway, that's Tales of Arise. Just wanted to shout that out. The fifth realm is not the end. (gasps) Moving on. I uh, downloaded this morning Pokemon Unite for mobile. Oh, fun. That one didn't really change my opinion of that game too much. Uh, I still kind of feel the same way I felt about the way that game is balanced. Uh, The way Zapdos specifically is like the golden snitch in Quidditch. It's like it's the only thing that matters, really. And then you just sit there and you wait for eight minutes for Zapdos to show up. And then the game begins. Like that's kind of still what it's like. Uh, What I found today over the course of the day checking in and out with it is I will probably play that game specifically like doing quick matches on mobile because the quick match, I think, weirdly feels more balanced uh, and just feels better overall than like the main mode of Pokemon Unite. They have different kinds of objectives and like different maps that are smaller and You have teams of three or four. Uh, It's just really nice. It's really nice. You get in and get out in like five minutes or less. Quick matches. Beautiful. Uh, Anyway, point being Pokemon Unite on mobile just like feels really good. It's kind of exactly what I was hoping for. I I texted you immediately after I started playing it. I was like, I don't think this is going to stop you from playing Wild Rift, but it will give me a way to play Pokemon Unite on the go in a form factor that is not entire
1: nintendo switch sized which does not fit in my pocket <laughs> dear listener yeah i feel like yeah. uh i mean i don't have much mobile experience outside of wild rift but just like making matches shorter on a mobile device for that genre just feels good like it feels like yes at least a good entryway into it which we talked a lot about back when that game came out but uh yeah
0: yeah i do really appreciate when mobile developers specifically like keep in mind that the game is going to be played on mobile like every once in a while there's like a full ass like rpg that drops on mobile it's like i i don't know if i could do that like i I don't know if that is going to work for me. Like you can do it like you could download Chrono Trigger and play that whole thing on your phone right now. It definitely doesn't feel as good as playing on like a dedicated device for gaming because when you're playing on mobile, you're going to get like a Facebook Messenger request from somebody who's fallen victim to like MLM shit uh, that you stopped <laughs> talking to in high school. Uh, and then and then somebody's gonna call you and try and offer you something. I don't know. Hey, you know.
1: Brendan, it's Willie Disney. <laughs> do you want to be your own boss? I can see you're in New York, the city of kings. How do you feel about crowns? Dental crowns. That's right. Door to door dental crown rentals. Oh shit. That's it is it just rhymed. I don't yeah. know what that was. I love it. Dental rental. Yeah. That's really good. I want a crown, but just for a bit. I don't want to keep it.
0: Yeah, I just want to try it on. I just want to try it
1: on. Rose Gold? Oh, you're telling me it comes in Sierra Blue. Okay. That's very interesting. Uh, anyway. I'm sorry. I had to jump back. I had to give Willie Disney like another breath of fresh air before he disappears forever. <laughs> yeah, I feel I
0: feel I can see him uh just like constantly trying to push out of the wall uh like a specter. <laughs> behind the paint, yeah 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 um okay so those are the two my my opinions of them really haven't changed at all like i just still feel good about tales of rise i'm still like kind of iffy about pokemon unite but i'll still play it a little bit on and off um the yeah. two big ones that i i want to shout out i'll get the more negative one out of the way is death loop uh death loop i have finished i finished it like pretty quickly after we recorded that episode for last week and The thing about Deathloop, you and I talked pretty extensively about how that game starts and how it like really does not put its best foot forward in terms of like getting you into the loop of the game. It does not for hours. (laughs) That's kind of like the biggest problem, right? Is there's this entire version of Deathloop that exists about three hours in and that will last you another like 10 to 15 hours where the game fell apart for me is like right at the end. So the whole thing. Mm is about, I'm not spoiling anything, just to be clear, but the whole thing is about figuring out the perfect loop, right? Like, the as we said last week, the setup of the game is there are eight people on a list. You need to figure out how to maneuver the world, change the world to get all of those eight people in a place where you can kill them all in one loop. Uh, and it's difficult and it takes a long time. And that that experience of, like, discovery and poking different things and and finding different paths and avenues to get all these people to, uh, you know collide in ways that they're absolutely not supposed to is like joyous it is like easily yeah. one of the best gameplay experiences I've had all year where it fumbles a little bit and you can actually go watch this I, I recorded it and I or I streamed it and then I put it on uh, on our YouTube channel where this fumbles a little bit is at the end there is a quote-unquote perfect loop like there is a finale to the game where you have done everything that you need to do To get all eight people in places where you can kill them all in one loop. And you then have to pull that off. And it should feel like a heist that's kind of the thing it should be like an ocean's 11 moment it's like oh my god i figured it out i i had like a notepad open on stream where i was like okay like morning we go here we do this noon we go here we do this we do this uh afternoon we kill this person go here do this kill this person evening we do this do this do this and that was like exhilarating to realize that i had all the pieces in place that i needed and was able to write up a note that was like oh my god i think that's gonna work the problem is when you go to pull that off The game kind of pulls the rug out from under you in that it kind of breaks the promise that it made early on, which is like the whole thing is about you looping over and over again. Every time you die, you learn something, but it's like still fun because you kind of like know something new about how you're supposed to maneuver through the world or like, oh, I didn't realize there was a group of enemies around that corner. Like now I know that that is not really the case in the perfect loop. Because what happens is if you fuck up at any point, you just have to replay the exact same situation again because nothing in the world is changing anymore because you've already set everything in stone. So the world is completely stagnant. And as you go through over and over again, I if you go watch the video, um, which I I recommend not doing if you're going to play the game, just to be clear, like you should experience the whole thing for yourself. Uh, But if you go watch the video, like I fuck up at the end over and over and over and over again. And that's like, About 40 minutes of setup for me to get to the evening portion of the loop and then fuck up like right at the end, trying to take out the last person like repeatedly. It happened four times in a row. It was so frustrating. And I think that's just like kind of a a disconnect between like what the game is promising to its player and what it's actually delivering, because it's not fun to replay the exact same thing over and over again. And weirdly, in retrospect, I started to realize that I felt the same way about some of the other things. So as I mentioned last week, one of your powers or any of your powers has the ability to upgrade uh, that power if you continue to collect it over and over again. And the different visionaries, the people you have to take out, they're all holding on to those superpowers. So there's one guy, his name is Charlie, he gives you the ability to teleport. If you... Kill him, you get the ability to teleport. If you kill him again, you get the ability to teleport. But maybe you can teleport further than you could before. And if you kill him again, maybe you can teleport even further. And also, if you press a button while teleporting, you can, like, kick somebody in the air as you teleport out. Like, it's cool that you get those abilities. But the reality of the situation is that you literally have to replay the exact same thing over and over and over again to do that. Like, you have to break into Charlie's Weird Warehouse and kill him over and over and over again. And like that I thought was kind of fun in the moment. And in retrospect was like, I really was just grinding the single player game. Like that's all I was actually doing was grinding in a way. And I think that was a little bit of a bummer to kind of like come to that realization. I think that's the, like the the big like exclamation point that you can throw at the end of that is like the ending was just like fine also. They did like a lot of really wonderful character work and a lot of really interesting narrative and like location setup. I was so fascinated in the world and the area where Deathloop took place and like the finale just like didn't bring it home even like remotely close. <laughs> To where I wanted yeah. it, and that's a little bit of a bummer. I do know that Arcane is like really known for having great DLC for all of their games. uh So like maybe eventually there'll be a story expansion that will come with you know a little bit more backstory about the island and the kind of stuff that I was looking for. But at the end of the day, it's like, do I really want to be like hoping that there's going to be DLC to make this thing better? Like
1: I I don't know if that's really the the vibe yeah, that that's I want. going back to Mass Effect three days, isn't it? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Waiting for the extended cut. Yeah. yeah.
0: So all. Of that said like the first three hours of the thing are like a little bit flat I think the last bit like when you try and pull off the perfect loop to the end also is a little bit flat I just want to be very clear that bit in the middle is still like shit that will make this game a goatee contender for me like those 10 to 15 hours in the middle are so rock solid and fun and great for me I know you feel differently but for me personally I was like so invested in it It was literally all I could do I was up so late playing that game over and over and over again (laughs) like I just could not stop playing Deathloop and I think that like I can't you can't just throw out the whole experience just because the beginning and end were bad you have to look at the thing holistically and it feels very much like kind of like what uh we were talking about with Tam on Mass Effect as you were saying is like just because the end like doesn't hit the highs that you want doesn't mean you throw out the entire like 140 exactly. hours that came before it um i feel very yeah. similarly about death loop so a little bit of a shift in my opinion there i think it was like really vying for like goatee spot i think if they brought it home at the end like it might yeah. have been that for me um very much not anymore unfortunately that's a bummer yeah,
1: yeah. it stands out too because again the whole game is like building up to that like a- yeah. any game is building up to the ending but like really you know like that <laughs> yeah it was a crescendo to that yeah yeah I mean I I like it I I pretty much said how I felt last week Again, this is not like my genre at all, so I feel like I'm always sort of appreciating it more than I'm enjoying it, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably still want to give it more time before the year is over. I want to see if I like get that same pole in the middle. I feel like I'm like right on the cusp of that. Yeah, still. you're like right more, before it really hits. Yeah, I'm just being. I'm more drawn to other games right now. There's so much out right now. Yeah. Even games I want to play, I can't play because there's <laughs> a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I totally. got a trip coming up too, so I got to pack. Yeah, I got to wake up early go on a plane yeah. uh, you gotta pack in more way than one yeah i know what you mean yeah
0: right so death uh i still like highly recommend it i think it's a great game i think you should check it out um I, I i just think you know be aware that like those are my thoughts now having finished it uh which i didn't expect to have finished any of the games that we talked about last week before <laughs>
1: uh we recorded <laughs> this Here week you Go! i'm proud of you i,
0: I also want to be clear um because you're going on a trip we recorded that last episode three days ago so yeah, within the last three days, I have finished Deathloop uh, and it came out last <laughs> week. So it's good. It's a good game. Anyway, all that said, uh, the last one I wanted to bring up really quick is uh, WarioWare. Get it together because I feel like that's a game that Hell like, yeah. we would probably not have talked about again, uh, maybe at all, like maybe even in, in like goatee season we'll see but that said i have stumbled upon the world of like competitive warrior wear get it together which i did not expect to exist and i yeah. am absolutely fascinated by absolutely thrilled by i think it is incredible i didn't realize this so when you finish the game, you, you go through story mode right you unlock all the characters and it unlocks a bunch of stuff we talked about how uh there are like kind of more discrete party game sections that exist And there's another thing called the Wario Cup, which I alluded to in our episode about it, but didn't really have any experience with. The way the Wario Cup works is every week for seven days, they like handcraft a challenge that is in rotation for that week. And you compete with literally everybody on the Internet playing worry where get it together to see if you can get the highest score. They also have, you know, slots where, you know, if you get over a certain score, you get rewarded. But you are competing on like a global leaderboard as if it was like Spelunky, for example, somehow. <laughs> So this week, for example, uh, you have to pick three characters uh, and all of the mini games that they throw at you are like brain teaser ones, you know, where it's like you have to do really quick math or you have to memorize things, um, things like that. There are 15 games and you have to complete them literally just as fast as possible. So the whole idea is like, how quickly can you get through those 15 games? If you fuck up any of those games, you get a whole bunch of time added onto your overall time, et cetera, et cetera. You understand how it works. Last week was a wild one Where you had to pick five characters and they just threw every single game every mini game in warrior where get it together at you and if at any point you failed one of those games that character would be removed from your lineup so you essentially had five lives with five characters um, and you just see how far you could get and it's obviously like extremely difficult Uh, and watching people play that online has been really really fun and kind of what inspired me to get into it I am having a great time doing this already I didn't realize this either but there is a Currency that you've been accruing the whole time you've been playing that game. There are these like pink coins that you get that you can spend in like a gotcha pond machine as if it's like a gotcha game. And you get presents that you give to the characters individually. And based on how <laughs> much they like those presents is uh, how much of a promotion they get within WarioWare Incorporated. Uh <laughs> And as they continue to get promoted, they unlock new outfits and like new uh, new ways that they that can, like, dress and stuff. Uh, so right now I have a shining golden Wario uh, whenever I'm playing the Perfect. game, which is just unbelievable. I can't believe that that's a whole side of the game that I like completely glossed over. There are just so many buttons in that thing, man. There's So many buttons on that homepage. I don't know what to do. But uh, now that I've been introduced to that side, I'm like smitten yeah. by it.
1: I don't know why they settled on the like menu screens of like smash brothers, like ultimate it's, it's impossible to find anything until you (laughs) stumble upon it. You know? Yeah. You have to, you have to know, be told or stumble upon it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's zero intuitive way to be like, Oh, I go to stuff and then extras. And then the mode is there. If I cancel out of stuff again, (laughs) What? just making its own menu. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, nonsense
0: that it's buried like that but uh i am having i'm having a great time with it so um i recorded a bit of that that's on youtube i'm probably going to stream it so fun because honestly it just feels like it would be the most hype twitch stream because it's already so stressful to just do it by myself in the room i can't even imagine (laughs) what it would be like to have chat watching uh so stay tuned for that twitch.tv slash into the cast baby is where that will be when that happens but anyway, that's all the stuff I've been playing. Oh, also Eastward. I'm still playing it. It's still very good. Uh, I don't really have a yeah. lot to say outside of like that game is still probably a masterpiece. Uh, so, yeah,
1: <laughs> there it is. There it is. Not too bad. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. I think it was actually worth sort of going through that again. because I've just there's a general sense right now of everyone being like, what do I get? Like, what do I play? Like, I see that on Twitter. I see that on the discord. Like, yeah, there are too many good options that it's nice to be like, OK, let's make sense. Of all of this. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it is. It is a wild thing that I think, as I mentioned last week, it's funny that you and I over the course of the year, we slowly like align with the rest of the games industry as we just like start checking out everything that's new, (laughs) like not because we're doing it out of obligation, but because it's like literally all stuff we want to check out. And yeah, yeah. almost every game release from the past, I don't know, two to three weeks has been one that I want to check out. And every game release over the next like two to three weeks again is one that I want to check out. And on yeah. top of that, as of today, dear listener, you'll know what's going to come of this. But Nintendo announced a Nintendo Direct that's going to happen tomorrow. And it's all, I think it's, they said it's 40 minutes focused on stuff coming out at the end of the year. So, like, who knows what that could be? Who knows what's going to, yeah. what Nintendo's going to just drop on us? I'm expecting, I don't even want to say what I'm expecting. I don't want to say anything, actually, because I, uh, that,
1: I got so excited and then I, then I deflated.
0: Yeah, I look, how many times have you and I said like, oh, I hope that this happens and like of course it doesn't, because what is Nintendo? Nintendo is never on the same wavelength as everybody else. That doesn't mean that they're always doing bad shit. It just means
1: like they're always giving you things you don't know you want. Two counterpoints. One, sure. A lot of things we said on this show have come true. That's uh, a for great better point. and for worse. Two This might be the time to believe in them. How exciting would it be for you to be like, yeah, I called it. I called it on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central. (laughs) the night before the okay. eve of the of the september direct i want to hear what you think uh, Steve.
0: all right i love unless this unless you really don't want to no no yeah. no i love this because th- this is going to come out a week from tonight so like we're recording this a week before the episode comes out uh just to make yeah. that very clear this it's it's uh 801 p.m. wednesday september 22nd just to be clear at the time of this recording uh in new york yeah. city what what do i think is i'm i'm hoping hopeful fingers crossed that we are actually going to get a Zelda 35th update that is not just Skyward Sword, but is maybe something else. I'm hoping that all those rumors I was too. ended up, you know, just being pushed towards the end of the year uh, because that was a full scale remake of a game for Switch. You know, they had to like implement button controls. They had to do a bunch of stuff. I have to assume that a Wind Waker or a Twilight Princess port would not be as intensive as that because they already did all that work for the HD versions for Wii U. So that's my hope. We also know that yeah. those games exist on the Nvidia Shield in China. So I feel like they've already maybe done that work. I feel like that's a that's a given. Uh, do you have anything that
1: you're hopeful for? That was the big one. I I don't think it's Breath of the Wild 2. Like we would know that already if it was. Back, no. I'm sorry. No, I I don't apologize to me. I'm just saying because whenever Nintendo coughs, Twitter starts trending Breath of the Wild Uh, (laughs) 2. I saw Switch. Switch Pro was actually trending on Twitter today. Yeah. They're going to let you know five months in advance if that's coming out. Like, we're going to know that well before. Kind of like how we know about... the two Pokemon games we know about Diamond and Pearl Remix and Arceus which is next year yeah so I think it would be I would love to see like a new like an IP that hasn't gotten some attention in a while you know like maybe like a Pikmin drop Mm. or uh, maybe something like I want to say a weird one because this is so weird. It might just come true. There's a lot of talk to you about the N64 like virtual console. Yeah. What if they made a new Diddy Kong Racing? You know, like I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm just going to say like, what if that was a thing? Or, or maybe here's my, here's my bet. So th- those are fun. Those are like, I think maybe a big surprise drop is the new Mario Kart. That would be a great holiday game. I feel like it's like a sure thing. They don't really need to market it. They can just drop it now and thi- we'll get it the know? thing about mario kart because i i keep wondering when they're gonna drop a new one
0: it just seems like yeah obvious the thing about mario kart 8 deluxe is that it is still the best-selling nintendo switch game every month yeah right like this month it is the best-selling game uh for that <laughs> for that so like why like why make a new one i get i guess you know we've said this a lot but like you know you're beyonce you make lemonade Like, why do you write another album? You know, it's because she's an artist and she like wants to continue making stuff. You know, you can't just like make a thing that everybody says is a masterpiece and then stop. And I feel like that's kind of the Nintendo situation with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Like they're not going to just stop there, but they could if they wanted to. They like really could
1: yeah i mean i feel like they'll just end up getting revenue from both games because i feel like nintendo yeah. games never stop being like desired you know like the, the desire for them never goes down so yeah we'll see i mean i i i think it's safer it's a safer bet to think of like maybe more info about uh dread that's probably a given like we'll probably see a yeah. little bit more gameplay or something i would love to see an update for new horizons but you know that's another that's another yeah. uh wish at this point oh that'd be so nice but uh, yeah It would just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like pretty good. So like, I don't really like. I'm not like uh really anxious about this one like there are some Nintendo Directs where I'm like okay we have like like earlier this year when they just had Miitopia out and like that was it it's like okay <laughs> what the fuck is happening like you gotta give us something yeah. and then, then they just won E3 so like they've already had their like kind of big moment in the sun and the last Indie Direct was great so like I thought like there's actually a pretty good Switch lineup already so anything else is just like I
0: kind of feel similarly I'm like it's yeah. definitely like the most chill I've been
1: about a Nintendo Direct ever I
0: think one of the big things is yeah. like I just kind of disconnected from a lot of the rumor mills uh, of the world. So like I just kind of yeah, was like I don't I don't want to follow that stuff anymore. I'm not like very interested in it. Um, I've seen some stuff here and there. I've seen like the allusions to possibly like Game Boy and Game Boy Advance getting added to Nintendo online which like totally makes sense because as everybody be great, has yeah. said ever since the announcement of Metroid Dread like absolutely bizarre that you're calling this a sequel to a game that you can't legally play uh, as we said in our yeah. Game Boy Advance bonus it makes a lot of sense that that game would then you know be available to play on nintendo switch and honestly as we talked about last week i think eastward is like a really great example of just like that art style working really well on the switch and handheld and on the big screen like i would love to play minish cap or metroid fusion on a screen that big uh i I think it'd be really wonderful it doesn't it, it doesn't diminish it at all. It just highlights how great it is. You know,
1: Eastward has absolutely rejuvenated my interest in like the switch as a device. Like I feel like we've mm. talked a lot, especially in the Game Boy Advance episode about like the various like handheld Nintendo consoles. I still love the switch. But again, as as now that we're like four years in, we all kind of default to docking more unless you have a switch Lite, in which case it's probably a little easier unless like, yeah, you're not holding like a Jacob's Ladder in your hand where there's like weird moving pieces. Yeah, I love the switch. But, light. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Switch Pro is coming out, Breath of the Wild 2, Kratos and Smash. Uh, Halo is going to come out on Switch next week first, so you get to play it early with your friends. Uh, You can play Jenga on it. Uh, You can throw it in the fucking trash. (laughs) I I I can't tell if I'm on fire tonight or like totally at my worst. It's one or the other. I really can't tell.
0: I think it's like a it's like a seamless blend of the two. It's like it's like a helix <laughs> of DNA morphing together. You know, I think it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you like. I'm it. basking in um, it. Is all is all I'll say. This is like pre-flight stress nighttime, Stephen. Yeah, uh, I get that. So that's what you're getting this uh, episode.
0: I did just remember that the Switch OLED model comes
1: out soon. That's exciting. Oh yeah, you're gonna get a T-shirt that says like <laughs> OLED. <laughs> next time I'm going OLED or like uh... <laughs> like, I love New York I love OLED <laughs> I'm new in town what can I say I love these things fuck you <laughs> Why? Because now you have to make it and wear it. Is that now what you said, I have to like spend today? the
0: next week setting up our merch store?
1: Because <laughs> I like, want I'm, to own I'm that. With, I'm with OLED. I, like I'm a I, stupid OLED. <laughs> 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 or again. Like, I went to OLED and all I got was this stupid shirt. Well oh, I got with this stupid t shirt. Or it could be like those Cole shirts where it's like sarcasm, my, my secret weapon, but it's OLED. Uh, fuck. I, I'm with OLED is the one. That's that's the that's the geek. I'm with OLED. Oh my god. Or like the Abercrombie t-shirts where there's the property of box and it's empty, and you just write OLED, OLED. in there. 'Cause you know, who else? Okay. Ooh, wow. That we haven't laughed that hard on the show in a long time. <laughs> that was nice. Oh boy. All right. All right. So uh WarioWare Get It Together is still pretty good. <laughs> uh,
0: let's take a break and then come back and talk about more video games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Brendan, we are back. I got I got big news. Tell Deltarune me. chapter two came out out of nowhere a few days ago Mm. I've played it and finished it nice and I'm excited to talk about it look at us finishing games finishing games this will be spoiler free I will I probably want to if you don't mind I might want to talk a little bit about like my experience with Undertale uh I mean I've talked about that before but I think it's kind of hard to talk about Deltarune on its own I think it's kind of inherently tied to Undertale so I'll just get into it if, if you uh if I have your permission.
0: Yeah. I mean, the last time you probably talked about
1: it was over a year ago. So I mean, <laughs> there, there are new people yeah. listening. Yeah. Delta came out uh, the first chapter in 2018. So essentially uh, Undertale, you probably know about it. It was a huge game. It blew up like out of nowhere. I think, I don't know if there's ever been a game like a, a truly, Indie game like that made by, you know, one or two people shows up on Steam and and gets that big like overnight. Yeah. It becomes this like event. I think it's like that and Stardew Valley are like the only two I can think of. Really? Yeah, probably. But even like, I think Undertale just sort of. Without spoiling the game, I will I will say enough time has passed. I mean, we talked about Undertale in our Games of the Decade episode. I'm a huge fan of the game. Yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. Definitely worth playing. If you haven't played it and you've heard about it, just do it. It's pretty short. It's a really emotional, great time. Yeah, it's um, on like every platform. I think it's on Game Pass right now, too. Yeah, I feel like if I had to pitch what it's about without spoiling it, it's very much like in our Mass Effect bonus, and with our Fable episode with Adam, we talked a lot about like the moral choice sort of zeitgeist of games, where like there was a period in like the late 2000s, early 2010s, where every game was like you could be good or bad, you could be renegade or paragon, you could yeah. be you know choose the thing. And then somewhere around like, and again, this is sort of broadly oversimplifying, but I do think it's interesting to kind of follow trends. I think after that, once you got into like the early 2010s, mid 2010s, a lot of games were just exploring the idea of player choice or mm-hmm. lack of player choice, and like you know you have stuff like Hotline Miami and other games where like there is attention called out in the game to like what the player wants to experience right and that's that can be that can be successful. It could also be kind of like a one-shot novelty where like it's cool when you first experience it but it doesn't really stick with you or it kind of cheapens yeah. the game after a while. Undertale I think does this brilliant thing where like the core game is great. If you took out the more meta and fourth wall breaking parts of Undertale, the characters and the presentation and the music, like there's a great game there that mm. is simultaneously exploring player choice and Really, I think Toby Fox, I mean, uh, like, obviously a genius for one. And two, like, he so strongly understands how people experience games, what we go into a game assuming, and basically, like, use that to tell a story in every way possible. Yeah. So it wasn't like a, I pulled the rug from under you, haha twist. It was like, this is a, interrogation of ideas that we go into games assuming and you know you walk away from that game both thinking so fondly about the characters in the story but also questioning yourself and like what you actually want out of the game like this sounds hyperbolic, but I think that is the reason why it was so huge. It was like really this like lightning in a bottle moment of everyone having that realization because of this game. <laughs> you know, like I think there were other games prior to Undertale that I think Moon is definitely an influence, obviously. Like there, there's it's the kind of game where you can tell what influenced it. Mother, another huge influence. Um, yeah. But just like an incredible piece of art. And then uh, after it blew up, like I think Toby Fox kind of, said, like, I may not make another game. Like, I'm so happy this, like, moved a lot of people, but it was also really stressful. But I'm glad, like, I'm able to, like, use the success of this to, like, help other people. Like, just, you know, like, a very, like, modest and sober reaction to just blowing up. (laughs) (laughs) So I just sort of assumed that was it. Like, I was pretty, I think as someone, like, who makes games or makes art if you make something that that blows up that big it's probably kind of daunting to do anything after that I mean it's weirdly totally. like following Mario Kart 8 it's like what do you do after that especially when you have all these eyes on you everyone's going to compare it to that if you like release anything there's going to be like eight deep theory YouTube videos about it like it must be very stressful <laughs> so in 2018 like out of nowhere there was no rumor uh, at least I didn't know of anything but truly out of nowhere Toby Fox is like hey I made something check it out and this like very very sketchy link on his website was Deltarune chapter one. Like it wasn't even an official game release right away. It was like here, it's just available for download. And uh, we talked about it in our first season. It was on my game of the year list in 2018, even though it was essentially the first chapter, but like no one knew even what it was, how much it was related to Undertale. Everyone just assumed it was a sequel. Like it was referred to as like the sequel to Undertale right away.
0: Right. Deltarune is a anagram of Undertale so
1: I think everybody was just like yeah "Uh, okay sequel yeah and without without spoiling Deltarune either the way chapter one begins I mean there are characters from Undertale in it like it begins as if it was a sequel Mm. but then as you play and as you like kind of talk to other characters and, like, do your own research by exploring, it becomes very clear, like, this is a world where it feels like Undertale never happened. Like, even though there are Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, familiar faces and familiar relationships between characters, it feels like simultaneously undertale never happened but every now and then because of course this is toby fox loves messing with the audience in a playful way uh there are a couple characters who will like kind of low-key like recall an event that happened in that game or seem to know more than they're oh, letting on okay yeah which is really mysterious and, and the thing with his games is that like everything is purposeful like everything has a reason for being there if you like really fall like head in, like you'll notice like a lot of the different themes in the game or like other songs sped up or slowed down or like mm. you know, and there's a reason for that. Too. Yeah, that good so shit. It's like, that's that that's the good shit, yeah, yeah, it's so cool. And I mean, he's an incredible composer. Uh, I, I'm a big fan, as you can tell anyway. Deltarune was really cool. I thought it was a really interesting follow up. The big difference is that Deltarune, you're actually playing as a team of three characters. So you have like a, it almost looks like Chrono Trigger. When you get into a battle, it's in this sort of like fully animated three characters on the screen, retro like RPG thing. And the sprite work is like really great. And it was a really exciting thing because in Undertale all the battles uh, the way the battles work it's like you get like a first person view of the enemy like in you know an old Dragon Quest or something but when it's the enemy's turn it goes into this bullet hell minigame where you're controlling a heart icon on the screen and you're dodging whatever their attacks are and a big thing about Undertale is that you you can attack and you can also take actions that like kind of like a SMT or persona where you can like talk to the demons or monsters like you can always take actions with the monsters so like uh potentially like learn about them and potentially spare them in the battle the the kickstarter like undertale was originally a kickstarter game and the the line that kind of sold the game was it's an rpg where no one has to get hurt so that's like the idea they're playing with is like can you spare them should you spare them why are you sparing them are you just going to attack kind of thing yeah that's as much as i'll say about it so delta rune was interesting because you you have a similar system but you have a party of three and in the very first chapter there's one character who always wants to fight there's one character who always wants to uh have peace and then there's you who can you know go one way or the other Mm, dragon age origins yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah you have alistair morgan and uh the warden but uh so that was really cool i won't really say too much more about chapter one but it was a really exciting thing it was like a few hours long it ended on a bit of a cliffhanger and then like pretty much silence since then you know and i didn't really assume like toby fox is pretty candid about like this game is going to be released. You know, it might be like an episodic thing. Uh, it's going to take a long time. I think he said it might take 9,999 years as a good joke. Sick, but, you yeah. know, of course, it's, that's a reference to something else. Anyway, uh, so the fact that like part two came out this year, uh, I was really baffled by. And he's now said the whole game is going to be seven chapters and the next release is going to be chapters three to five all at once. But chapter two is out, played it. And it's also free. So the first two chapters are free. And also there's an FAQ on Deltarune.com about like how it works in terms of saves and whatever. Because like when I played Deltarune back in 2018, I, I downloaded it off his website and it was on an old computer. So I'm like, do I have to start over? Basically, like you don't really need to carry over a save into chapter two unless you want to like refresh yourself on the story. When you load up the game on Steam or Itch, it's just you can choose like start at chapter one or chapter two. So that's how it works in case you were curious about that, like myself. Uh, And it is wonderful. It's really cool. I'll say this about Deltarune. I think that it, Again, really worth stressing, it's like an impossible task to follow up Undertale. Uh, I think that that's like just a very daunting proposition. Deltarune, I think, is a really interesting follow up because it's not quite a sequel as much as it is like almost a reflection of Undertale. You know, I think if if Undertale was sort of this like deconstruction of RPGs, Deltarune is very much focused on Undertale and also less on player choice and more on whether or not the characters we control want us to control them and that like dynamic of Mm, like yeah you know is us forcing like our will onto a character's decision making a good thing a bad thing that's what I'm picking up at least it seems it seems to be where the focus is going the first chapter begins again not a spoiler but the very first thing that happens in the first chapter is you design a character and then a voice goes your choices have been discarded you don't get to choose who you are in this world so to me that very much read is like this is not going to be enough other like multiple endings you can make choices to determine things this is going to be like a concrete story yeah that being said we now know that in chapter two there actually are slightly different outcomes to the story depending on how you play it i wonder how that will play out in the full thing or not like if it's like you know if it ends the same but maybe there's like beats that are different throughout i'm not sure but it was really cool i i think the, the the caveat with this game is that i really think you have to have beat undertale to enjoy it like at all i feel like if you don't enter this game with that prior knowledge you're gonna feel a little bit overwhelmed i was initially thinking when i played the first chapter that like oh like there are a lot of new characters too like the primary focus especially of chapter one are the new characters and i'm like this actually might be a cool intro to like this toby fox's like work mm. there's a lot that's just very fun about Deltarune. it's a really funny game It's much funnier, like Undertale has a lot of really funny moments, but the world of Undertale, there's this constant sort of theme of like, or... This is constant vibe of, like, sadness and mystery through all of Undertale that's, like, cut by the characters being so likable and funny. Whereas in Deltarune, I feel like it's a little bit more slapstick all the time. Like, there's a lot, so many laugh-out-loud moments, especially in Chapter 2. There's a new character named Queen who's, like, one of my favorite characters in in a video game, I think. (laughs) And the new characters are great. I think it's actually kind of beautiful that now that, you know... Toby made Undertale largely by himself. With Deltarune, he's working with a much bigger team, uh, including Lena Rain, who did the music for celeste and chicory she composed a few songs for chapter two which is really cool
0: yeah that was the thing that almost got me to just like jump into delta Rune, and then you told me that i have to finish <laughs> undertale first which i have to do so. yeah I,
1: I mean there's no there's no rush because again i think that this chapter also ends on a bit of a cliffhanger so like <laughs> i think the best move is probably like play undertale then maybe wait like until chapters three to five are out
0: yeah that's my big question is like, how how are you feeling as a huge Undertale fan about getting like drip fed, not a sequel, but a follow up? Like, are, are you OK with this release cadence or would you rather just like play the whole thing? Like, do you think do you think that it's serving the story and, and like helping its own case that it's being released in chunks like this?
1: That's a great question. I think there's also like two sides of it where like my short answer is. Like, obviously, I'd love to have the full thing, you know? So I think that, like, there is value to that. But the other side of it is, like... I know that even though Toby Fox has this team now, it's still a lot of work for a pretty small team. So I like I want them to take the time they need and release it however they want to. There's there's interviews with him where he said like he wanted to wait until it was all done to release it. But like he also thinks it's like also this a positive to like sharing it as it comes out. And I think also this one was released for free kind of as like a almost like a gift because he mentioned like, you know, just with the pandemic and everything like sucking right now, like. I feel like this is sort of like a here's what we've made so far kind Mm -hmm. of lens to this. So I'm not like upset, but it is it is like, okay, like we still have a lot of questions about like when, why and where this game is set. And it's fun to theorize, but I feel like it might be setting itself up if we have all this time to like make up our own sort of fan theories of what's going on. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I am very invested in where the story is going. I I don't really mind waiting. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, I think like. The chapters each have their own little arc. Like, I feel like the star of it for me is a character named Susie, who is, like, the bully at school. She's this straight out of, like, Doug or, like, a 90s, like, kid cartoon. She's this dinosaur with, like, a ripped jacket. Everyone's scared of her. And uh, you and her fall into this, like, other world called the Dark World, where everything is sort of based on a game. So in the first chapter of Deltarune, like, you're in this sort of idyllic town where all these like old faces from undertale are like different roles. Like Alphys is the teacher at school. Toriel is like your adoptive mother. Mm. Uh, Undine is like directing traffic, you know? So it's like, it's like, Oh wow, this is so cool. But then, uh, you know, you're controlling a character who looks like the player character in undertale, but sort of like a teenager, like grown up, Mm. but there's some interesting stuff going on with them. Their name is Chris, which is an, anagram again of another character from undertale but missing a letter and then the third character you get in your party with, alongside susie is named rousey which is again an anagram <laughs> of another character from undertale but missing one letter so like there's there's a reflection there's like a mirror thing going on there are parts of town like i found this place like on the south side of the town where there's like a hill and like a rusted iron fence or not fence, but, like a rusted iron, like door. And there's like really creepy music around that area. Yeah. But like nothing else. So there's like a lot of like locked doors and creepy doors. Like <laughs> it's almost like kingdom hearts where they see like the keyhole for the first time. I was about time. to say, it sounds like kingdom um, hearts
0: too. Like literally where, uh, yeah. where the rocks of stuff ends. Yeah.
1: But uh, they, you find this dark world with Susie and Rousey. And you sort of like go through the Sailor Moon transformation when you fall in where Chris gets this like uh, sort of like, you know, like a JRPG protagonist knight attire. And Susie gets like an axe and like a berserker's attire. Mm. And Ralsei is like the mage. So I think, again, I think that there's something really beautiful about him working with the team and having the game focus on an ensemble you know, and like really what solidified in chapter two is like Susie is kind of becoming the lead in a lot of ways. Like the focus of a lot of the story is about her and and slowly introducing other students from the class and like exploring their relationships with each other and like who they are in the dark world and whether or not they prefer the dark world to the town. So like all that like kind of works on its own. Like I think I think you could enjoy the game very much in in the dark world hours because like it's new characters, new ideas, new adventures but the the subtext of everything i I think would get a little lost, and especially like it seems like every chapter like begins and ends with like a little bit more of an undertale connection, but the middle chunk is like all Susie and new characters yeah <laughs> but uh it's it's really cool i I would really recommend if you're a fan of Undertale I think it's I don't think it's gonna hit the same highs. I don't think maybe anything will. But I think it's a really well done sequel in that it's not just doing the same thing again. It's like purposely battling with the ideas that were established in the first game and exploring another side of it and exploring characters in different settings and potentially in like a different universe. You know, so
0: it sounds to me like like if you're a person who played Undertale and liked it, just like go get Deltarune and play it because I, I it sounds. Oh, yeah, I feel like if I was a person who had finished Undertale by now, I would love to the idea of downloading this game playing it as quickly as possible and then like going on the internet and just like hanging out in forums where people are trying to guess what it's all about (laughs) like that that honestly sounds like the fun of it and i guess like Going back to my question, like, is this story being aided by being released in this way? Like, probably for the experience that you personally, Stephen, are having right now, like, going online and checking out what people are saying about it and, and where the theories lie. Like, that that sounds like fun. That's always my shit. I love, I love that, that like, online community side of things. You know, like, when a new Souls game comes out and, like, trying to figure out what literally anything is or does. Uh, great. That's, like, a great part of internet culture. But I think for me, probably I'll wait until a larger chunk of it is out. It seems like, cause Undertale's, uh, I just, I just want to finish that game. Uh, but, but I have to start over is the, is my only problem. I have to start from the beginning. I don't have to get into it again, mm. but like, yeah, I'm at, I'm at a point where like, I just can't get by it. So I'm just going to start from scratch and like, finally do that it.
1: is. Yeah. I think the thing about Undertale is that it's like a four hour game, but you'll, it's one of those games where you have to beat it a few times technically yeah and uh yeah it's it's uh it lives up to the hype yeah
0: i I just i just want to make that clear like it does it is very good i want i want to make it clear to the listener that i i haven't it's not that i didn't finish it because i didn't like it i really love what i played of undertale i just got to a point where i had like crucially messed something up and i think that it is too hard for me to get past this one point because i crucially messed something up earlier on and without saying too much going back to the beginning of the game punishes me for doing so so i need to like pick it up on a new platform like xbox for example now that it's on game pass uh and start from scratch somewhere else that is not on my nintendo switch
1: there's also some extra stuff they added in the like because it came out on pc and mac first and then in like the switch and xbox versions they've added a little bit of extra stuff which is cool i don't really know what it is i think it's like an extra area nothing like crucial but you know why not why not get to experience that yeah
0: yeah uh, in game currency so
1: you can pull the gotcha part. <laughs> oh my god. There is a there is a whole subplot Undertale where there's a there's a merchant uh who wants to go to college and like you can just like keep buying stuff until there's enough money to go to college and then you get like the best armor in the game. Oh that's awesome. Uh, it's very silly. Yeah. Tammy Village is where you can find that store. Uh yes. Okay.
0: I know what you're talking about. Delta Rune, chapter two, available Delta now run. for Mac and PC, Uh, probably Switch eventually, I have to imagine, because the first part came out on Switch.
1: Yeah, I think so. And and it's been confirmed that chapters 3 to 5 will be a paid release, so I feel like... um you know, I I would maybe I, I based on just how official like because we got nothing after one, like no context of like whether or not the next release is going to be the full game mm-hmm. or like if this was like even because it was released as a demo. So it wasn't even clear if it was like the final product. Yeah. Uh, So now we at least know like, OK, we're going to get seven chapters. So I have I have a hunch that chapters three to five might come out sooner. Uh, There is mm-hmm. a moment where a character says like. There's a very beloved character who says something and you can ask him about his brother. And he goes, uh, "Uh, we're not going to do that yet. Maybe wait until tomorrow or another two years. And he winks, which is like Toby (laughs) Fox talking directly to the audience. Good. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's a good time. But again, I think it's definitely worth going in with a little bit of Undertale knowledge under your belt. I should just finish that game. All right.
0: (laughs) Available now. Let's take a break. We come back, yeah, sure. And talk about another big
1: 2021 release. Here, here's what I'll say, Brendan. Just to ease your woes a little bit, I feel like we just did a bonus about Mass Effect uh, trilogy, which now means a lot to both of us. But is literally my dream come true. We can't cosmically; it would be unfair. It'd be too much joy for me if we could also do like Delta Undertale all <laughs> at once. It will be paced out as you know, as it should. We'll give a little bit of a break and then we'll get back to zero chill energy our you know?
0: final episode should be the delta rune full complete release bonus that's <laughs> I think my thing final. has always been 10 yeah 10 years of into the Aether is what i want and i have a feeling that that that'll line up with delta rune chapter <laughs> whatever seven why limit to 10 man live one day at a time i don't know i just want to hit 10 first and then and then uh reassess you know
1: Okay. Wow. Now I'm on the clock. Yeah, sweating.
0: I committed. I don't know when I signed the contract. I committed to ten years, and then and then we can renegotiate. But yeah, I don't know what happened. That sounds good. When, we'll
1: renegotiate.
0: When uh, I I just forgot the name. Who's your weird Disney guy?
1: Willie Disney. Yeah. Willie are you Disney. gonna replace me? Are you Are you going to in ten years reassess, fire me, and then hire someone else, and then re-record all the older episodes as if they were always there? Yeah, I'm gonna hire Willie Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Played by French Stewart. Yeah, it sounds like a great plan. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.
0: (laughs) The PlayStation 5 is back. Hi, Steven. (laughs) Where did it go to begin with? Was Uh, it gone? That's a great question. I guess, oh no, I guess it was still around because Deathloop is PS5. But anyway, we're playing Kenna Bridge of Spirits, a new game for the PlayStation 5 and PC, worth mentioning. Yeah. By Ember Lab, a new developer. This is their first game. It is... uh, got into uh i don't know an interesting uh kind of rehash of internet gamer discourse because the reviews didn't show up until the day before the game came out which uh i think immediately sets off alarm bells generally for like most people it turns out that like Sony just like didn't give people review codes in time, but you know, once they got the game, they were like, "Oh, it's really good, cool." You know, but uh, the worst parts of online that still believe that the console wars are a thing that is worth uh, tweeting about or saying or thinking about uh, at all were like, "Oh, this game is terrible. This game's gonna be trash because there's no reviews." Uh, guess what? Console wars, people, your shit doesn't matter.
1: Anyway, can a bridge of spirits? I, let, I did not get any of that, but I'm glad they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look, I understand the thousand foot view of like, here's a f-
0: like not a first party Sony game, but like a game that Sony was pushing pretty heavily for the PlayStation five saying like, look, this is yeah. going to be like a showstopper, like huge game for yeah. us. And then they kind of went like radio silent on it for a while and then didn't give review codes out to anyone. Yeah,
1: it's it's a sketchy sign. Yeah, yeah,
0: I, that could raise some alarm bells. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, if the game is good, the game is good. There have been enough games where that has happened and then it turns out that they're great uh, that I don't know. It's not really a concern. Anyway, don't let that muddy your opinion on Canada Bridge of Spirits for the PlayStation 5 and PC. What do you think so far? How
1: far in are you? I'm like maybe three maybe two hours I'm like still pretty early on yeah uh, me too two or three yeah and this is a game that I've I've been looking forward to for a while based on just how it looked I, I think at one of the early Sony events again they gave it a big spotlight and I was really just blown away by how it looked and it's worth noting this team it's their first game but they have a pretty heavy background as animators they did yeah. a uh, short film that was like a fan film for Majora's Mask that I actually just watched having learned that it was yeah. cool. you sent it to me it's I have actually seen that already in my life
0: like i just oh, i remember fun. that like making the rounds at one point online yeah. uh which is pretty cool they they all, they have a pretty big like hollywood background like they they did a lot of stuff yeah for, um but like you know like outsourced uh animation work for other big studios which is cool
1: and you you can tell that they that's their background is based on how the game looks and it's uh it's beautiful but um it's really cool so far it's the kind of game that i guess like ghost of tsushima where like it's pulling from a lot of different sony ip where there's like the uncharted ledges that have like the (laughs) yeah the the white etchings on them so you know you can climb them weirdly there's dark souls in here as well which we'll get to It, it, you can tell what they're pulling from but i do think it all it all kind of works together not necessarily in a way that like i feel like they're reinventing it or putting like a huge spin on it but it's it's all like pretty solid and i think that the world is so beautiful and like fun to be in that i just enjoy going through it and i think also this is a game that i think the fact that it's like a 9 hour game you know it, it's a pretty yeah. like short and fun experience i think they're like really Focusing on like what they want to showcase. This is also the the kind of game like Scarlet Nexus where I really want a sequel. That's like my gut feeling. I know exactly what you mean. Because there's a lot of things that are really great. For one, again, the look of everything. I think Kenna has a great character design. I really like her as a lead. I like her as a character too. Uh, We don't like, there's not a lot with her in terms of dialogue. But I just, I like the way the scenes play out. Uh, Even though there's like a lot of um, like Disney or DreamWorks style to the animation, the scenes are like not Disney in the sense they're not like loud and cartoonish. Like they're just sort of. They're really understated.
0: A lot of this game is much more understated. And that's for better and for worse, I've found so far.
1: Yeah. Like I think a scene that worked for me is when she first meets one of the spirits of the forest who play a big role. They're called Rot. And they're like, they look like minions, which is Actually, one of my big gripes with the game, which I'll get to, but uh, they they're like these cute little you know, things, but they sort of act as like your companions. They, they have a lot of purposes. Um, but the scene with them when she first meets one, uh, she's like, you know, petting it. And uh, it like looks at her arm that has like these sort of blue glowing veins. And she like just sort of pulls up her sleeve and like makes it laugh you know like ignores it you know i think in a in a sillier script she would be like oh yes i got this scar when you know whatever and like (laughs) yeah the camera drew attention to it we know it's something that is probably hurting her yeah or from maybe a dark time but like it played out again very very understated in a good way the the main issue i'm having with this game like i really i do like the sampler platter of like sony stuff and my my first feeling was like oh this feels like it's for a more general audience they're they're pulling <laughs> yeah. from a lot of these different games that aren't really for kids so i'm actually like this is actually a great game to give a kid who like wanted to play uncharted but it might be like a little bit much for them or right. whatever like there's not really a lot of kid friendly first party sony stuff so i that's what i thought until i thought the first boss <laughs> right. which is just like dark souls difficulty which i think this game has a bit of an identity crisis both in the difficulty balance i don't mind it like i don't mind it like playing it but i have to wonder who the intended audience is based on like how it began like it really feels like you're playing you know because the first tutorial area is like you meet these two kids who are spirits who are like like talking like babies and then the rot are like all minions and you're like Pick this up and move it, and you know, yeah, it's
0: it's almost Pikmin adjacent for a little bit, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, and that all worked for me, but then you meet like <laughs> this twisted tree man who's like, every moment I remain here is agony, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's I mean, he doesn't really say that, but the the like shift to Sekiro and the shift to like high difficulty isn't jarring visually or thematically. The game is pretty good at like the story is largely your spirit guide who is helping kind of like. Set the land and help spirits who are having trouble moving on move on and of course the spirits that can't move on are distorted and have become demons right yeah so that's like the game and there's also you could tell why they probably had an interest in Majora's Mask because that's also largely what Majora's Mask is about you know in terms of like a lot of the masks representing the spirits of like people who died you know in in an unceremonious way or have like a will that needs to still be carried out before they can move on from the material realm.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think a big question you have to ask yourself if you're going to pick this game up and like if if you want to check it out, uh, which I, I think so far I'm enjoying it. But I, I think the question you have to ask yourself is like, are are you OK with getting kind of like greatest hits of a bunch of different mechanics from other games like embedded into a different story? Because I, I find that this game, like, as you said, it pulls from Dark Souls in a really weird way. That first boss specifically almost has like the Dark Souls kind of like like mechanic gate. Uh, idea about it where like you really got to know how to parry at that point which i was very bad at by the time i hit that boss um i had not landed a single parry perfectly up until i had to fight that boss which i was like surprised by i had i I had heard that the game kind of ramps up in difficulty in a very strange way and kind of like makes you ask the question who is the target audience here even knowing that going in i don't think i was prepared for that experience Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you have the Dark Soul side of things. The actual combat itself feels very much like God of War, which is interesting. There's like a little bit of Pikmin as we were talking about as well. And then I feel like the game is pulling a lot from both like The Legend of Zelda, you know, trying to be kind of an Ocarina of Time-esque thing, pulling a little bit from Majora's Mask, obviously, and the fact that you're actually like putting masks on. But largely to me feels a lot. And it's weird that this is, you know, there's time loop games this year. It's like a big zeitgeist. There's also a weird zeitgeist of evoking the mechanics and platforming of playstation 2 era platformer games and trying Mm -hmm. to modernize that which i think has been a really it's been an interesting thing there are a couple games here and there that try to do that i think the two most notable ones that i've played this year are ratchet and clank rift apart and psychonauts 2 which both go at it from very different angles psychonauts is like pretty faithful to what it was and just tries to make it feel modern ratchet and Clank because of, I think, the the uh, PlayStation 4 reboot had a little bit more of a bedrock to stand up on and say, like, okay, now that we've, like, proven that we can do this on a modern console, let's, like, take it a step further. They did a great job. And a lot of, I think, Ratchet & Clank's success in that game came down to the things that Canna Bridge of Spirits is trying to make, like, its thing, which is beautiful animation, beautiful art direction, uh like, great storytelling. Like, they're trying to make that the number one tentpole thing and the tentpole reason you go and check that game out it's the reason you and i both picked it up really or were interested in it in the first yeah. place was like how beautiful it looked and it was interesting i think in the lead up to this game playing ratchet and clank because it was like oh ratchet and clank is also doing exactly that same thing uh but that is not the reason that you pick that game up which i think is is very interesting so the, the question kind of becomes like, are you are you comfortable just playing kind of like, I don't want to say a mishmash or like a hodgepodge, like I because that sounds a little bit too negative. And I don't want it to be that negative. But like, are you OK with playing, you know, a bunch of mechanics that you like mashed into a different story uh, in a very beautiful world? The answer I think most people would give is yes. At least that was the answer that I had when I asked myself that question, like, hey, do I want to pick this game up or not? What I have found so far in the first couple hours is I, I'm a little bit uninspired by the actual playing of the game. And I'm also yeah. a little bit uninspired by the actual story itself. I think the reasons yeah, that I picked yeah. the game up in terms of like visual, just like jaw dropping beauty. Uh, and character design and character work are both really wonderful. It's really notable that the game keeps throwing to cinematic cutscenes over and over again. Cause, like, again, Ember Lab has like an animation background. So, of course, they're going to throw it into um, cinematic cutscenes when they want to express more than they probably can in real time. Uh, and, those cutscenes are like the star. Truly. Like the those cinematic cutscenes are the moments where I'm like, man, this game rules. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like watching a video. Uh, and then I go back to the game and I kinda <laughs> run around. And I pick up some rot and I throw some rot at stuff. And I, you know, have the rot pick things up and pikmin it over to another place and drop it. And uh, you know, some like light exploration and puzzle solving and things like that. But the moment Where I was like, oh, the game is good now. The game is starting to get good is a moment that you called out to me, which is you start this game, you have like a staff that you can use to, you know, go hit people and you can upgrade uh, the moves that you have so you can, you know, do more moves and whatever. But there's a moment when you get a bow and arrow, which is like, okay, cool. So like we're really doing Zelda here. That bow really, really, really changes for me, at least the combat in a way that made it fun. Uh, Because up until that point, I found that the combat was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing another combat section because the way the combat works, weirdly enough, is you go into like an arena and there are a bunch of enemies that swarm you. And meanwhile, there are these red flowers, these like red kind of like wilted evil looking like very telegraphed as evil flowers that you have to send your little minion rot guys to to like pacify that evil flower and turn it blue from red to blue and when you do that to all the flowers in the area the enemies stop spawning you take out the last ones that exist and then that area is cleared of the like evil malevolence you know uh, and and it's you know beautiful and nice spirit forest again uh, and that's the way the combat works. And up until the point when I got the bow, I was like, this is starting to feel very rote. Like I just smash R1 to do light attack. I smash R2 to do a heavy attack. I press square to clear the rot. And like, that's literally all I'm doing. Then I got the bow and I started to have instances in which there are enemies with like weak spots. You can jump into the air. And if you pull back the bow string while you're in the air, time slows down. And that fucking rules. I immediately unlocked a new ability that made it so while i'm standing on the ground i can press r3 and guess what time slows down and that still fucking rules even if i'm not in the <laughs> air um that was really fun and they start throwing like bigger and more difficult enemies at you and as much as i was bouncing off of the fact that this game feels very aimless from like a target demographic perspective i'm enjoying it you know brendan bigley can be the target demographic if it wants to be uh and I don't know. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, After that, I think that boss is definitely a little bit of like a telegraphing of where this game is going to go. As we already mentioned, it's pretty short. It's like somewhere in the realm of like 10 hours, which I'm honestly grateful for, uh, as we say all the time. But I am, I think, most surprised now I've almost like flip flopped like three or four times as I've been continuing to play the game. I'm almost most surprised now that I'm less interested in the story and the character work than I am in like actually playing the game, which was not what I thought was going to be the case. Uh, I I have found, as I mentioned earlier, that this understated nature that the story has had up until this point felt like a mature storytelling vehicle, like felt like it was like really going to kind of uh, have a slow burn that was going to be really impactful from an emotional perspective. And I, I have not found that because they really haven't teased out anything of interest to me yet. Uh, still.
1: Yeah, and again, it's like you get these moments that are subtle and then you get the two babies who are like talking like babies. It it feels very bizarre. It feels very disjointed. And I think like honestly, I think that the the difficulty pays off. I think that once you get the bow, like you said, they throw more enemies at you. What I think is really fun and I think what's more unique about the combat is like once you learn, you know, how to use the rut and how to use the bow and everything, you'll have to kind of do everything at the same time. So you have to like shoot the guy with the bow, move your raw over and like because the enemies won't stop coming until you clear that. So I find that very compelling. I think that the combat like eventually gets very good. And and there's some I do like the uncharted elements of it as well. The problem with that though is that it's very limited to what you can climb. So like it's not like yeah. the game after the tutorial like you have a sort of Breath of the Wild or Genshin Impact, like view of the world. But it's really not an open world game. Like it's an open world game in the sense of like Ocarina of Time Hyrule, where yeah. like you can move around and go to places. Yeah, you can teleport back and
0: forth between places you've been before, but what, like why is kind of the big question. Yeah, yeah the
1: only thing you get are hats for your Rob, which like I truly feel nothing about. Like it's like yeah. you have like you have to give each of them a hat. So you have like 12, but it's like, okay, you get a mushroom. <laughs> You, and I usually love that stuff, but the fact that that's it, that there's no, like, other collectible is a little bit disappointing.
0: Yeah, again, hearkening back to that, like, PS2 era of game design, like, it feels like there should be a bunch of secrets around every corner. Because, again, you're, I mean, you're making your way through this, like, enchanted spirit forest. Like, it feels like there yeah. should be more defined there. I, I do want to just drive home though like the environments are stunning the environments are beautiful oh, and yeah. honestly it's incredible yeah I, it's kind of a game of like double-edged swords in a way i find that the world is so beautiful at times that i have no idea where the fuck i'm going i'm lost constantly yeah, yeah. i
1: keep going in circles yeah i'll, yeah.
0: I'll say this much because you you bring that up a lot like it's not just you in this case like it all okay, i, I just God. think <laughs> i think the way the world is is built is like it's so dense it's so rich and so beautiful that it feels a little bit too real and it's a little bit hard to tell where I'm supposed to go at any given time I've had so many moments where I'm like sure I'm climbing in the right direction and then find out later that it's absolutely not where I'm supposed to go and I find a secret which is money that I can use to buy hats for my rot Uh <laughs> And then I have to backtrack again and, you know, make my way to
1: where I'm supposed to be going. Honestly, I feel like this game would be like a sure thing for me if it if honestly, like if it was just levels, like I almost wish it was like remove the freedom. I don't care if it's just hats. Give me nothing. Just give me like start to finish Scarlet Nexus, like levels and environments and focus on the understated darker elements of it because it's it's clashing with the, like, I'm a baby, uh, you know, like, yeah. again, and again, I'm bringing that up because, like, I also am enjoying this game, like, truly. And I also consider, like, you know, when we're talking about target demographic, I don't need to know that if I'm enjoying it, it doesn't matter. But I do think that, like, the opening hour of the game feels like, oh, this is like Sony hits for kids. That's great. I, yeah. I can recommend it in that way. And then the tree man shows up and kicks your ass. And it's like, now that's not it. I don't know what this is anymore, mm-hmm. but I am enjoying it. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, it's their first game. I don't want to be too harsh because like, I think a lot of the stuff we're pointing out is just stuff you learn as you make games, you know, like the yeah. environmental path. Like they're they're so good at being animators and the animations here are great. And like there there is intrigue to the character of Kenna. There's intrigue to the world. I would really love to see a follow-up where they like kind of, you know scrape off the parts that aren't working and really focus on what is yeah because i think there'd be a really really incredible game and this is still a really good game it's not like and this is the other thing too it's like i don't mind the best of hits as the game but you also it, it goes back to what we said with death's door where like if you were making a game in a genre that is that overpopulated with like games like that you really have to do something to stand out you know like it's hard to even enjoy on a personal level when it's like oh, i'd I'd rather just be playing this and honestly to be candid there are moments here where i'm like i should just play ghost of tsushima instead like i i feel like Mm i i'm like wanting to do that but again once the game gets going I think the combat is really strong I think that there's like uh, you can shoot like a flower with your bow and then zip in that direction and there's some fun like again like Pikmin sort of environmental puzzle solving like yeah that really works for me so there's like a lot working that I would love to see a follow up from this team I want them to do more and I want to see what else they're capable of but um and maybe I, I think my my take on the game might be more glowing the more I play it because like there's already a transition here between like our first hour and our second like we're still very early on so maybe we'll check in again once we're further in i do want to keep playing
0: i want to a lot of the reviews i've read have said that the opening is not as strong as like yeah the mid to end um and and i I definitely want to hit that but i think uh i I think this is definitely a game that like warrants a revisit uh when when we've played more and i definitely intend on playing more uh so me too yeah
1: it's a lot going on but yeah Canada bridge of spirits it's a cool time would recommend it's beautiful Cool cutscenes, ten graph. I'm not doing that. that it is gorgeous. Over. That's the
0: thing. Like they yeah. nailed the thing that they wanted to nail, and I think that that's you know that's wonderful. You know the, the thing that they are good at is good, yeah. and the other stuff is also good. I just have a big
1: question mark about the story,
0: really. Um, and it's possible yeah. that like maybe all that's going to pay off.
1: Yeah, I think um I think the hats are pretty cool. Don't you want to spend time buying twenty different hats and then putting them on each of your twenty rot? You you
0: joke, but I'm sure someone out there is like, this is the best feature in this game.
1: <laughs> I would like it. I I don't think it is bad. I think it's a fun like when I first found the hat store. I'm like, oh hell yeah, I'm doing this. Everyone's getting a mushroom. Yeah. But uh the fact that it's just that like any challenge because there's like um there are cursed chests where there's like a it's sort of like Hades where you have like a challenge you do and then you can get what's inside and what's inside is a hat or money to buy more hats.
0: Yeah. Again. Yeah. It seems like it's going to be a wonderful sequel fodder kind of video game. You know, like yeah, I, I totally, as with most first outings, um, it feels like they have a lot of foundational bedrock for something that is going to be like really, truly spectacular, uh, down the line. So, I'm hoping that happens.
1: Yeah, and I think like in their attempt to sort of mirror a lot of other Sony IP, I think they have found what they're good at, you know, both visually and gameplay wise. So if they kind of zero in on that next time, I think it will be like, it could potentially be like a new, like this is a new Sony IP, but that would be really cool. Totally, yeah. Here's the thing, I remember saying this or at least thinking this like
0: pretty early on when they first announced it, but as as you just mentioned, like Sony has um, kind of this like, I I hesitate to use this word, but I'll use it anyway. There's kind of this, like, auteur vision, I would say, that most first-party Sony games have that's, like, this third-person-over-the-shoulder action-adventure game that tells, you know, pretty, like, weighty narrative that, like, seems to be the thing that they love doing. When they announced Bridge of Spirits, it felt so much like, okay, well, there's God of War, there's The Last of Us, there's all these fucking games for, like, you know, brooding uh like middle-aged people like why not make something like that for kids like you can make a third person over the shoulder game that tells a good story that's like for kids yeah. uh and it was like the obvious missing link in their entire lineup of things and i was so sure that's what this was going to be and i think that's why you and i are coming at this conversation from being like i don't even know what to talk about because like that was our that was our expectation you know and like when you start playing the game that is what they level set at is like yes it is the thing you thought it was and then it very quickly becomes not that and your brain just kind of has to keep doing backflips to understand like Okay, well, it's not the thing I thought it was, and that's bad, right? Wait, no, this thing that it turned into is good. Okay, that's interesting. So how do I feel about this now? And you're just constantly asking yourself that question. But... I'm thinking at this point. It's a great way to put it. I'm, I'm thinking at this point, like hypothetically, the game is just going to be great now because I know what it is. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I know what yeah, it is right? now. And if there's like another eight hours of just the thing that I'm liking currently, then that sounds great. The next level
1: is just the babies going time for dinner, and then it's picking. Like <laughs> <sim laughs> it's aware for the rest. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, well now it's this. It's not bad. It's just not what I expected. Yeah. Feed to the tree brum, guy. Brum, 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 yeah. brum. Thanks for dinner. See you tomorrow. Credits.
0: <laughs> Canna Bridges Spirits is available for the PlayStation Five and for the personal computer and PS4 as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Nice. What else do you want? Switch? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you are going to ask, Switch, yeah. well, we'll <laughs> mobile. I think we'll. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll probably check in again on it. But uh, yeah, why don't we? Uh, why don't we wrap up? If you build up enough
0: currency, you get. Fifteen pulls from the hat machine.
1: <laughs> I got a rare mushroom. Oh. <laughs> uh, hey, dear listener, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you like the show, the best way to help it grow is to share it with the rest. I'm sorry, just like split your bit in half with the I'm wrapping up sword. Th- it's like, no. I think that was the right choice. Yes, and Steven. Yes. <laughs> If you like the show, the best way to help it grow is to share with a friend. Into the cast.online has all the links you could ever want. Uh, if you want to review us on Apple Podcasts, that also helps a lot. Um, special thanks to our patrons. You know who you are. And we have on the horizon uh, an upcoming bonus for The Forgotten City it's already been recorded but it should be coming out like at the end of the month uh what else oh you have your upcoming warrior streams very exciting yeah twitch.tv into the cast yeah hypothetically um, those will already be live by the time this episode is out once I am back from my trip I definitely want to continue my maddening run of golden deer also though when I'm back it will be slowly approaching october would love to stream a few yes yes uh yes, halloween yes. games which probably will involve uh resident evil village honestly i'd love to do what i did last year where i did alien isolation and biohazard Hell i'd love yeah. to do a little bit of village at least just like the opening hour or so yeah. those were really fun last year that's so exciting i'm very excited for it yeah uh, there's a few more games coming out i'm excited to play sable uh, that's out tomorrow at the time of this recording but i'm gonna be gone i can't play it yet And yeah, I'm really just focusing on finishing what we have because like between everything we talked about today, there's just so many games that are like on my list that I want to at least play more of or finish. So, you know, uh, I won't won't mind like a couple weeks of like a slower release until Metroid comes out, which will obviously mess us up. So, but yeah cool stuff man
0: yeah we we always talk about the stuff that's on the horizon but i i recently just like actually wrote down the list of everything that i'm kind of excited about checking out and it's uh pretty daunting man october specifically (laughs) it's just like so much stuff i'll say this much in the same week metroid dread and jet the far shore come out which are both going to be very big deals for me so just like mentally prepare for me to be just like extremely unchill for that
1: episode (laughs) I'm excited to hear. I'm excited for you and to hear all about it. Um, I'll probably pick up, I'm definitely picking up. Metroid Dread uh, maybe Jet as well I don't have the same background with that team but yeah honest, truly good, good.
0: I know nothing about it and uh, it seems like most people know nothing about it and that's just what the <laughs> developer has chosen to reveal is nothing so uh, that that's either a recipe for success or failure but it's very much a like hey it's been 10 to 15 years since your last game why make a new thing and
1: uh, <laughs> I'm excited to find out if you got it flaunt it if that's you got it flaunt
0: it my name is Brendan Bigley you can find me on the internet at it's
1: our new sign off uh, I am Stephen Hilger You can find me It's every every second now For the rest of my life Is just a choice of whether or not I say I'm with OLED or not That's my new life I'm Stephen Hilger You can find me at Stephen Hilger Have a wonderful rest of your night I was just I was thinking about When
0: you used to end every episode With see you in hell Which is like <laughs> The, it's like the actual antithesis of what this show is trying to accomplish. And that was your sign off for like two years. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, there was a see you in hell era. Era. Sure. It was an era of going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, bye. <laughs>